Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And it's time. It's time. It is. It is. It's time for uh, the, the annual tradition, unlike any other. Uh, not the Masters on CBS, but the Ben and Matt ASU game-by-game preview. So this started in the fall of 2004. Yeah. We're now in the fall of 2019. I know, year 16 of us being, you know, full-fledged ASU football fans. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. And for those of you wondering, is this podcast going to make it? Are these two crazy kids going to survive? I have news for you. We just renewed our SoundCloud for another year. So this, there we go. This podcast is ready for the 2019 <laughs> football season. That's right. That's right. We will persist. And, uh, and yeah, yeah, I mean, it's, it's exciting times. It's, as I said to you just before you pushed record, one week from exactly right now, the, the clock will be ticking down at Sun Devil Stadium. Teams will be out on the field in full pads, uniform. Pre-game warm-ups will be going on, and we'll be about ready to kick off this season. Yeah, now the majority of the country will not be able to see the game. Right, uh, but it'll happen. I mean, you, you may not be able to watch it, but it will happen. Uh, ASU hosts Kent State and Sacramento State before taking it on the road uh, to number 18 Michigan State as their non-conference schedule. Then they get into the conference season with Colorado. This team will play Colorado in the U.S., while the basketball team will play Colorado <laughs> in China and domestic. That's right. That's right, yes. Um, after that, it's at Cal, home to Washington State, at Utah, at UCLA, home to USC, at Oregon State, and then to close out the year, home to the Ducks, home to the Wildcats. Yeah, yeah, with, with uh, of course, just like everybody this year, two uh, off weeks, idle weeks. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to join this trend of not calling them bye weeks because uh, people make a good point. It's not really a bye. Uh, by means you get like to skip an opponent. You don't get to skip an opponent. You're just off. Um, but weird calendar this year. Everybody gets uh, two off weeks, and some teams, the teams that play next week, get three. Um, so it'll, you know, it won't be the excuse of not enough rest. We have a, a bye in week six, I believe, and then another bye the first week of November. Um, and I just said bye. Uh, see, it's it's ingrained in me. Off week. Um, so, yeah, it'll, it'll be an interesting slate. It's going to be a, a season that feels a little longer than the past few because it is. For those of you curious about what uh, some of the national media has been saying, the, uh, the three writers of The Athletic, Bruce Feldman, Stuart Mandel, yeah. and Andy Staples, generally down on the Sun Devils. Uh, Bruce Feldman has them... Two and seven, four and eight overall, and last in the South. Mandel yeah. has them two and seven, five and seven, and only ahead of Colorado in the South. And then Andy, with the best take, has <laughs> them bull eligible seven and five, five and four. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which is what last year I think was the exact record, wasn't it? We were we were seven and five, five and four. Yeah, we, we lost to uh, who did we lose to? Uh, San Diego State, right, on the road? Yeah, in the uh, Frank Darby game. Yes, yes, yes. The uh, the road game there after we beat Michigan State and then went 5-4 and four in the conference. So, um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I, I am more optimistic than, than them. Um, now, admittedly, I have a bias. I, I would say that uh, I, mean, those, I, I, I really love reading The Athletic, but I would say they don't, you know, those guys probably don't pay that much attention to Pac-12 football. Um, you know, they're they're all based east. Uh, they're you know they're they're not living and breathing Pac-12 football, and that's partly the Pac-12's fault, uh, as you mentioned already with Pac-12 Network and all those things. Um, so I, I don't take their word as gospel. And quite honestly, anybody, I mean, even if you do live and breathe Pac-12 football, they don't know what's going to happen. That's the beauty of the football season and sports in general is. You know, we, we can think we know what's going to happen. Sometimes we'll be right, but sometimes things will shock us. And we've been through some ASU seasons that have had high expectations, that have far underachieved, and some that went the other way. Uh, that, you know, we, we weren't expected to be very good, and we ended up being 
pretty good, including last year when people were waiting for disaster and we ended up being a, a pretty good team. Not great, but you know, better than average at least. Yeah, and while the Pac-12 is not getting a lot of national notice, the ASU program is a feature story on the Ringer that came out today. Um, you know, a lot of pro Herm stuff. This hard knocks for college um, yeah, that ASU yeah. is slated to be on for the Washington State game week. Apparently, yeah, that's been, been kind of weird. Like it's they've been filming, but it's not a sure thing and. I don't know. Can't quite figure that one out yet. But yeah, I mean, definitely a lot of a lot of exposure, and that certainly starts with Herm Edwards. Um, I mean, he you know he 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 doesn't say no to an interview request or a camera, and he's really done a great job of getting the getting the word out about the program. And and if he can win, it, that word will continue to be a positive one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the take from the ringer was basically. It wasn't a huge failure last season, and that, by definition, was a win because everyone expected a huge failure. And, and I think that's true. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you remember uh, that, you know, the, the, the general thought going into last year, maybe not this time last year, but certainly in the spring last year was, boy, this is going to be a disaster. Uh, and, you know, will they even know, you know, how to line up? And it wasn't that. You know, and, and now the expectation evolves though. You know, you can't you can't play the, you know, Cinderella no one no one thought we were gonna be any good, so seven and five is amazing. You can't play that forever. But it was nice for one year. Well let's talk about the twenty nineteen season. ASU, as we said, kicks off Thursday the twenty ninth at home against Kent State. And the golden flashes last year were two and ten. Yeah. And this year According to SB Nation, their projection is four and eight. And the five key points about the team, which I think summarizes it, point number one. Kent State might or might not get better under Sean Lewis. <laughs> All right, then. Yeah, yeah, that's going out on the limb. Uh, so I think that this is a win for the Sun Devils. Well, it certainly should be, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's look, it's a, it's a MAC team. It's not a... Uh, a total pushover, um, you know, the next week we, we play an FCS team. Um, as we've talked about, you know, it's it's a it's a solid enough start for a team that does have some question marks, as almost every team does this time of year. I mean, you know, even if you're Clemson, you've got question marks coming into the year. And ASU certainly is not at Clemson's level. Um, so it's not a bad start. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think, uh, uh, you know, they, I know their quarterback is a, is a former Auburn quarterback who transferred there he started last year had a you know i think a decent season uh woody barrett but you know it's it's not a great team um it's it's not you know there's some mac teams that are pretty good buffalo was pretty good last year ohio is usually pretty good um kent state's not expected to be one of the top level mac teams so you should be able to handle business at home yeah um the the new coach for the golden flashes comes from Syracuse and he basically liked to run the quarterback. So to the extent that the sun devils linebacking core is supposed to be the feature of the defense. And it seems like everyone in the national media agrees that that's the cornerstone. Mm -hmm. This will be a good test. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think you know the the first two games you can kind of look at them the same way, and it's it's very similar. We've had this many years, um, you know, looking at the season that you you want to come out of those first game or first two games in this case without too many concerns. Um, You could probably win these two games not playing particularly well. Uh, I remember the two thousand nine season being a very good example. Uh, we were 2-0, and but we started out, I think, playing Idaho State and Louisiana Monroe. And you watch those games and thought, this, yeah, it's 2-0, and but it's not at all sustainable. And it wasn't. We ended up 4-8 that year. Um, so, you you know, you want to come out of those two games, not just 2-0, and but feeling like, okay, we, you know, we, we got some good things. We Our defense looks good, as it is supposed to. 
uh, freshman quarterback, you know, is, is settling in and looking every bit as special as some people seem to believe he is. Uh, offensive line is meshing, and, and then you'd feel okay. Um, we could be 2-0 and and have a lot of concerns as well. Yeah, as we mentioned pretty much every season, this first game, the first two games, we should look good. And yeah. it will be much more telling if we don't look good right. than if we do. Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, not a, uh, it's not a situation where, you know, probably regardless of anything that happens, you won't come out of these two games thinking, wow, we are going to, you know, win the Pac-12. <clears throat> now, maybe we will, but, you know, you have to take everything with a grain of salt that your opponent isn't going to be of the highest quality. Um, but yeah, you just, you just want to come out. I mean, uh, you know, uh, what was it? What year was it? Was it two years ago that you came down and we saw New Mexico state Yeah, and we struggled. Uh, it was, it was a struggle. Um, and now well, that season ended up better than what we would have expected, but it was not a great opener. Um, you know, I remember one of the years we were in college, we played NAU. And we struggled. I think it was our junior year. We were tied with them at the end of three. So, you know, you, you usually win these games, but it's how you win them. We've also had these where I remember Graham's first year. I think we played like UC Davis and it was like, you know, 63 to three. It's like that. That's what you want. You want to just look great. Um, does it mean a whole lot? Well, you don't find that out till some more weeks pass. Yeah. Week two, Sacramento State Hornets. Um they are breaking in a new head coach, Troy Taylor, yep. who was the offensive coordinator for uh, Utah, Utah last yeah, season. Yeah. So some familiarity with what ASU is going to be trying to do. But, um, again, got to win this game. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, you know, the, the, the general analysis for both of these is similar, uh, even more so for this one. I mean, again, this is the FCS team. This is a team that uh, – my, my quick uh, research as we're talking was two and eight last year and winless in their conference. So we're not, we're not looking at a, you know, a great big sky team. There's again, there's some teams from the FCS that are certainly capable of beating FBS teams. We've seen it. And I'm sure there'll be some this year. This should not be one of them. Yeah. And then, uh, then business starts it to does. pick up. Yeah. ASU yeah. travels. Yeah. To East Lansing to take on Sparty, who the Devils upended at home last season, and you know perhaps a measure of revenge for Michigan State. Matt, I assume you're going to pick us to win, given your preseason projections uh, for the Pac-12. No, I'm not. Oh, <laughs> well, all right. No, I mean I, I want to, um, but you know I, I don't know how good Michigan State's going to be. Preseason uh, number 18, we should say. They were. They were. Um, last year, they were abominable offensively. Now, Lewerke got hurt somewhere during the season. He played, but he was not the same. I mean, he looked pretty good against us. I, you know, I remember that game, and, you know, he wasn't great. But he, he, you know, he was he made sharp, nice they just couldn't punch it in. Correct. Right, right. They moved the ball, and, yeah, they just had a ton of mistakes, sacks, you know, uh, but, you know turnovers. They, they got, couldn't get out of their own way. Um, but he got hurt, and when he got hurt, their offense just slid, you know, way down. Um, and I, you know, I've read some stuff about them, and remember when it happened in the offseason, you know, D'Antonio made the unusual move of rather than, you know, taking that bad offense and saying, okay, we're going to bring in new coaches, he just rearranged the coaches. Uh, he didn't bring in any new offensive staff, he just gave them new responsibilities. So we'll see if that works out. Um, I, you know, I think Michigan State fans are not overly optimistic that it will but you know they're going to be good on defense they always are even you know last year when they didn't have a great season overall they were very good defensively they have a couple guys that i know are you know getting preseason all america mentioned um that we saw last year you know will will be in the fold again this year uh so and just going on the road i mean i don't you know i hope that the, the successes that we had last year on the road as the year wore along, beat USC, beat Arizona, stop the whole, you know, boy, on the road, this team doesn't look anywhere near the same. But first game on the road, first road start for a freshman QB, a big step up in competition from those first two weeks. 
it's hard for me to see that going positively. But well, if it does, hold me back because then I'm going to be really excited. Well, and it's also a tough venue. It is. You know, it, it it's not Ohio State or Michigan, but no, you know, but it's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's not, it's not going to Rutgers or something like that. You know, I mean, yeah, you're you're playing a good team at their place. Um, you know, and, and yeah, they, their fans are good. Uh, and, and it's, it's their biggest non-conference game. I mean, their, their other non-conference games are Tulsa and Western Michigan. So certainly, you know, not that they don't have signature, you know, conference games, but a non-conference game, that's the one that's going to, you know, get the most attention looking at their schedule too. Honestly, I mean, they have Michigan on the road, they have Ohio state on the road. So it's one of their bigger home games. I mean, they have Penn State at home in the Big Ten, but you know, it's it, probably then. one of their more marquee home games. And, and so, yeah, it's it's a tough environment, and I don't feel great about the chances right now. So we're both going to pick a loss here, and that puts us at 2-1 and one heading into the conference season. Yes. Saturday, September 21st, ASU gets their conference home game against Colorado. The Buffaloes obviously return um, – the consensus top receiver in the conference, LaVisca Chenault. Yeah, uh, one of the tops in the country, probably. You've, you've got um, 20th year senior Steven Montez at quarterback. <laughs> Feels that way, yeah. And you've got a team that is really hit and miss since they've joined the conference. You know? Yes. But, but a new head coach, a new attitude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what, three seasons ago, they were in the conference title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, they've missed a bowl each of the last two years. Last year, they were 5-0 and after they beat us. Uh, they were the last undefeated team in the conference, and then they didn't win again. And they fired their coach, and, yeah, they bring in Mel Tucker from Georgia. And uh, just a, a, yeah, yeah, weird season for them last year. I mean, um, came out of the game against us thinking – I don't. I mean, I, they were five and zero, but I don't think anybody was really taking them seriously as a you know national title contender or anything like that. But you thought, well, okay, yeah, maybe this team can win the South again. You know, they were certainly in the driver's seat at that point, and then the bottom fell out. Um, and so, you know, they've got talent, as you mentioned, Montez back again, and uh, you know, Chenault absolutely destroyed us last year, um, uh, and then he got hurt about midway through the year, which coincided with their their downfall. Uh, so that'll be a tough game, but we get it at home. Um, and we, you know, again, the last few years, the hallmark has been this team at home. It's pretty good. Uh, we haven't lost many home games. You know, we lost one last year, I believe one the year before, uh, you know, and, and, you know, we, we've played well at home and I, I think we win that game. I do as well. Um, I think Colorado's, you know, not obviously far from covered bear, but our offense at home, generally speaking, across different quarterbacks and different systems, has clicked. And yes. I don't know that Colorado's offense can come on the road and do what they did to us last year in Boulder. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I, you know, I, again, a lot of this is based on believing that this defense is going to be pretty good. Uh, you know, I don't think they're going to be the best defense in the country or even the best in the conference necessarily, but I think they're going to be pretty good and they're going to be able to, you know, help us win a lot of games and allow the offense that, that may not get out to the hottest of starts um, with, you know, with some new faces, you know, offensive lines had to make some adjustments from what we expected. Obviously new quarterback, uh, new receivers in a way. I mean, not, not really new, but uh, all playing bigger roles with Harry gone. Um, uh, you know, so I, yeah, I think I think we win that game. Again, you know, as we discussed a few weeks back, it's it's not a bad start to the conference season either. You know, the season opens with two games that I believe you know are obviously very much winnable and necessary to win, and then to start the conference season at home against the team that you know finished last in the division last year. You know, not bad. Uh, I mean, it's not a tremendously easy draw, but it certainly could be a lot harder. The first quarter of the season, you and I are aligned. Yes. Here's where I start getting nervous. So short week from Colorado to the first road conference game at Cal. Now, Cal 
people are generally down on them somewhere, you know, around fourth or fifth in the North and probably fifth, uh, just because of how good the rest of the North is. But that, that Cal defense was legit last year. It was, you know, they only allowed 317 yards and under 21 points per game. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a very good defensive team. Problem was their offense was poor and, I think the general expectation is they're going to be the same type of team this year. I I agree, it's, but my fear is road test, good defense, yeah. Friday night, under the lights, sure, ESPN sure. game. I'm I mean, picking I'm picking Cal to beat us. It's a it's an utterly fair uh, criticism and, and concern that you're expressing. I uh, you know to to believe otherwise is to believe in something that hasn't happened a lot, which is us winning a big game. I shouldn't say big. I mean, Cal is not a huge game on the road, but a night game on the road. Uh, I mean, if you can recall the last time we won a night game on the road, tell me because I can't. Uh, I mean, I'm struggling. Like, (laughs) and I didn't go into it thinking this, but, like we beat Arizona, but we and we beat USC last year. But those were not night games. Uh, we beat Oregon State a couple years ago, but that was an afternoon game. Um, I mean, I am struggling. The last time we won a conference game at night on the road. I mean, we were on the road against Utah, but again, that was a day game. That was a day game, right? Right when we, yeah, when you and I went to Ole Miss, that was that. You know, so we've we've won some road games, um, and uh, you know, does it really make a difference? Night, day. Not really, but yet there is a, there is something about being an ASU fan, and I'm picturing myself, you know, sitting on my couch watching ASU at you know seven o'clock, eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night here, and thinking, why is this game going so poorly? What is wrong with this team? And and uh, yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I'm 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 now going back, and I'm still I still can't remember one. Well, to your point, well, I'm, <laughs> first I want to say I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> But, oh, it's happened. But I mean, to your point, I, I, know, it, I know it happened in 2010 when we beat Arizona. But yeah. God, I hope it happened more recently than that. It, it's not a thing until it's a thing, and right. and right now because we can't come up with one, yeah. now it kind it's of feels a like a thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, okay. I'm I'm remembering 2013 we beat UCLA. That was a that was a night game to clinch the South. Um, so that takes us back six years. I would have to think there's been one since then. Uh, UTSA, UTSA on the road was a night game. Okay, UTSA, but let's okay, let's let's narrow it to conference games. Then, Maybe I'm being I'm moving the goalpost here a little bit, but you know, conference game or Power Five opponent because UTSA doesn't really. Well, I mean, and the fact is, we, we almost lost. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, that was not an impressive win by any means. We won, but it wasn't great. Yeah, so it's been a while. But uh, do you while. do you think yeah. they break this streak? All that said, yes, I do. <laughs> uh, which, which is ridiculous. I mean, I realize what I'm saying, but I'm 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 just optimistic that, that the tide has turned on that. I hope um, that we won't be talking as much about, like I said, you know, this this team on the road is so much different than they are at home. That's been the theme of certainly two years ago. Um, with, you know, Graham's last year, it was a theme of last year till the end, you know, and we, we managed to pull one out against USC. And then we had the, you know, crazy comeback against Arizona where they also helped us get back in the game. Um, and, and so I'm hoping those are the type of wins that you think, okay, you know, we're, we're no longer going on the road and thinking about it. It's just, we're, we're doing what we need to do. We're going and winning a game, whether it's home or away. Um, and again, as I mentioned, you know, same thing I said about start Colorado. Going to Cal, not a tremendously hard draw. It's not a tough environment to go play at. It's not that good of a team. It's a good team. They made a bowl last year, and Justin Wilcox has done a nice job of, you know, uh, quickly kind of flipping the program on its head from being, you know, all offense, no defense, to kind of being the almost total opposite. Um, so, yeah, I, I say we win that game. Then you get your idle week or bye yes. week, which I'm going to yes. continue to call it. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm on the Pat Forty Stuart Mandel 
uh, train of not calling it a bye week. I've read enough of them that I'm, it's like, you know, trying to break my habit as well. But as you heard earlier, I didn't do it successfully. Yes, I did. Uh, but but after the after the off week, the Devils return home to take on the currently preseason twenty third ranked Washington State uh, Cougars, and the Cougs are breaking in another new quarterback, uh, Gardner yeah. Minshew gone. Gage Gubrud, Gubrud, Gubrud. We think he's going to be the guy, yeah, from Eastern Washington. Yeah, seems like the likely starter, and we know yeah. that Eastern Washington churns out quarterbacks for they Pac-12 uh, senior yeah. grad transfers. We were we were victimized by one a few years ago uh, in a in a you know crazy overtime game that went like three OTs, and Vernon Adams just looked amazing against us. So uh, yeah, and and we know that Mike Leach, you know, it seems like he could take you or me and and you know coach us to throw for four thousand yards. I mean, he, he you know, and I'm I'm being I'm exaggerating, but I'm probably not exaggerating that much because, you know, no matter where he goes, you know, can you remember a year where he didn't have a productive quarterback? No. All those years at Texas Tech and then all these years at Washington State since. No, they always have a good quarterback. They do. They do, you know. And, I mean, certainly part of it is his scheme. But but, I still uh, think that that he'd eventually run into one where it's like, man, I just can't find the right quarterback to do it, but he never seems to. Well, and speaking of the scheme, they're returning four of their top five receivers from last year, so they're they're just set to do it again with guys who know what they're doing. Right. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. This game is at home, uh, and for the first half of the year, it is the biggest home game we have. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm curious to see what they are. Obviously, Minshew was such a big part of their success last year and everything seemed to kind of revolve around him. They're, they're scheduled before they play us. Uh, they play uh, a game and s- sort of neutral side game against Houston, although it's at the Texan stadium. So it's not that neutral, uh, which I'm interested to see, you know, Houston's Houston's a potentially pretty good team with a great quarterback. Um, and they play at Utah a couple weeks before they play us. So, you know, by this point of the year, obviously we start getting into what will these teams look like? We'll, you know, we'll have a better idea of, you know, who is the quarterback? How good are they? Um, so it gets a little bit harder, you know, as, as now we advance into the season. But I'm going with the win at this one, too, in a large part because we're home. And, I, and I'm just going off the notion that this team is, is pretty good at home. And, um, you know, I, you know that, that offense of Washington State doesn't travel as well. They, you know, Mike Leach is always known for kind of losing a road game or two that, you know, Maybe they were the better team, but I'm not sure they're the better team in this case. I do not have us winning. Okay. So for me, and where you and I are going to be very different, is I have the middle of the year being the dregs. Um, Okay. So I have us losing this game. I I just think it's going to be kind of like that Texas Tech game where we just don't quite have enough. You know, we have one offensive drive that doesn't work and that's it that's yeah. that's all that matters the texas tech road game yeah which was another night game that we lost yes which um, by the way i think i found the last road night game that we won against a major conference team 2015 october 3rd we beat ucla a 7 30 eastern kickoff so 4 30 that counts as a night game yeah yeah but that's a long time that's yeah that's, that's not sobering. good it's not. Now, sort of like the whole, you know, stat of like, oh, USC is so good at home. We've just been bad on the road overall. I mean, there's not that many road wins that I had to sort through since then to be like, oh, was that a night game or was that a day game? We just haven't won that many games on the road in general. Yeah. Uh, well, and that leads to uh, my position the next week, which is on Saturday, October 19th, ASU travels to Utah and yeah. I don't think we win this one either. I have us going on a, a three-game skid. We're three and four, and okay. we are one and three in conference for me at this point. Okay, okay. Well, I don't have this being a win either. Uh, this was this was my uh, second loss. Uh, it, you know, Utah's just a tough place to play. We did win there two years ago and played played very well there. That was uh, probably one of our best road performances when we talk about road you know road games. Um, 
gosh, in the last several years, because it was a convincing win. There was no fluke to it, like that U of A game last year. Some of the, you know, some of it has been like, oh, we won, but how did we win? Uh, we were the better team that day, but Utah's pretty good. They got, you know, a lot of people really like them to win the, the entire conference. I'm not quite as sold, um, but they're pretty good, and we know that they're good at home, so I've got that being a loss, too. All right, so, but that is your first conference loss. Yes, I got five and two, and that would put us at what? Three and one? Yes. Conference at that point? Yeah. Um, so then for me, the I, I've got mine broken down. It, it swings dramatically back favorable now for me. Okay. okay. Uh, we go on the road against UCLA. I have that as a win. I think that perhaps the Chip Kelly experiment may have been a great idea without appreciating the fact that what he did at Oregon was innovative. What he's doing now, which is the same or similar scheme, is commonplace. Yeah, I agree with you. I've, I've, I've wondered that too, and we've discussed that, you know. And, and uh, yeah, I, you know, I, I've got the Sporting News, or, or not Sporting News, now it's called Street Smith's Football Magazine in front of me, and they, they've got UCLA third, or they've got them actually second in the Pac 12 South. I think that's crazy. I do not think they're going to be that good. I, they're, they're obviously putting a lot of faith in Chip Kelly, quick turnaround. Um, and they did look better at the end of the year last year. They got a little something going. Um, but I just don't believe in them. Uh, so, yeah, I think we win that game too. And then um, the the last four. So I guess we should pause here. That's, that's through eight games. That's the yeah. second uh, trimester of the right, season. Which brings us to our second off week as well yeah uh at this point i have them at 502 and three in conference um i've got six and two four and one and now home against usc go ahead we should also know before we move on from ucla that is the week that you and i are going to be at an sec game which means we win that game true because history has proven that we play good football when you and i are in sec country uh, we've beaten Utah each of the last two years by convincing margins when we're in an SEC football game. So I think if there was any doubt, that's going to be probably our best performance of the year. That's a strong point by you. That's a good you know, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Is it coincidence? Maybe. But I, I believe in coincidence. We will be at Alabama that week taking on Arkansas. We will, yes. Which... Hopefully, we'll be seeing a top two team, if not the number one overall team in the country. Yeah, you never know. You never know. Yes, yes, they very well might be. Certainly, you'd expect them to be at or near the top at that point of the season and all season. Um, Moving on to the final third of the season, this part, if you are are correct, the schedule is shaping up beautifully because we have three of the last four at home. It does. It does, yes. Yes, I mean, and, and the one road game, is against the team that is generally presumed to be the worst in the conference. Now, we'll get to that and the house of horrors that that's been. But, yeah, it's it's not a terrible finish on paper. So, Saturday, November 9th, ASU hosting USC. I have this as a win. I think that by this point, the wheels may have come completely off of the Clay Helton era. Yeah. And uh, wait, do you think he's even the coach for that game? I think it's questionable. I think it's – I agree. I think it's questionable. I think that there's a chance that they just finish the year with him yeah. because they are, you know, four and four, three and five yeah. at that point. And it's like, well, do we really want to fire him? Like what's the difference? Yeah, yeah. You know. I'll tell you what. They better win opening week against Fresno State. That's that, – I mean I would say that. If he wants to make it the whole season – or if he wants to even make it to the end of September, they better win against Fresno State. Because then after that, they got Stanford at BYU, Utah at Washington in September. And I'm not sure there's a win among that. Yeah, but but the season started. What are you going to do? Well, but but teams are doing that. Now. I mean, teams aren't hesitant to fire a coach midseason because then they can get a jump on the search. And the other que- I mean, the other thing, I guess, with them too is, is Lynn Swan still going to be the AD. They just hired a new president, and, you know, you wonder if they're going to – I mean, Lynn Swan not only has, you know, 
presided over the football program really struggling of late. But the, you know, academic bribery scandal that's gone on there, uh, there's been a number of problems at USC beyond just the football program not being very good last year. Uh, so you wonder, you know, do they move on from him and then move on from Helton at or around the same time? Yeah. I, I think, don't know. I, I think that's a legitimate concern. If you're going to fire Helton, do you trust Lynn Swan to make the next hire? I don't think you do. I don't think so. I mean, how can you? Uh, you know, he, he hasn't really proven himself worthy of trust. Well, and he Again. has stuck his neck out there for he has. Helton. He has. Yeah. Now, maybe he'll get the last laugh, uh, but it's it's going to be a real uphill battle because I just I don't know how good this team is. They've, they've got some talent. Uh, they did, you know, they did officially name Daniels the starter, starting quarterback again, and they've got certainly plenty of good receivers. Um, you know, so they've got talent, uh, you know, at the skill positions. But are they that deep? Are they good on defense? They were not good last year on defense. Uh, you know, like even even with an easier schedule, I wonder how good this team is. And the schedule is just not very easy. I mean, that that start is tough. A good Fresno State team, Stanford, a pretty good BYU team on the road, Utah, who's you know the consensus favorite in the South, Washington, who's one of the consensus favorites along with Oregon in the North. That is a brutal start. Then an off week, then at Notre Dame. I mean, if they come out of that three and three, it's a surprise. Well, and the other thing is, it sets up the risk of another Clay Helton, though. Because you fire him, <laughs> then they go on this massive run with an interim coach. Yeah. Because yeah, the schedule is, right. you know, a <laughs> third is difficult. <laughs> schedule gets easier after that. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Uh, which they, you know, you, you Clay Helton did it, and a few years before, Orcheron did it. And he didn't end up getting the job, uh, but, you know, he took over at the end and, and you know, had this strong finish, and they, everybody fell in love with him. And, uh, you know, it's been a revolving door there since Pete Carroll left. Um, and what it feels like USC needs more than anything is to just get outside the family, uh, you know, get some new blood, maybe, you know, an AD that's new blood and then a coach that's new blood. They just continue to hire USC guys over and over and over and over and over again. And it's just not working that well. Yeah. It, sometimes it's just time, you know, yeah, yeah, they, they, yeah, they at no. least gave up on the Carroll tree they did they did but uh, in a sense but of course you know helton was an assistant under sarkeesian um and then they kept him which i don't think they should have kept him i mean i think by all accounts clay helton seems like a good guy uh, you know you don't hear very many bad words about him personally but i just don't think he's that good of a coach i think they fell in love with the with the you know oh boy we finished strong and the players really like him you, you don't hire a college football coach based on the current players liking him because why? Most well, some of those current players leave the very next year, and within four years they're all gone. Uh, you hire a college football coach based on who you think the guy is to lead the program for four plus years, not the next year. And they seem to be doing that too much. Would you give the job back to Lane Kiffin? No, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not. I think I'd rather keep Clay Hilton. Uh, you know, I, I'm, I mean. They are a curiosity for me because they bring in Graham Harrell, who was, you know, the second choice after uh, Coach Cliff, you know, spurned them to come to the Cardinals. Um, and obviously similar style, though, another former yeah. Leach quarterback. Two, I was going to say. Two Leach quarterbacks. I was going to say, we it might as well about. just have been the same guy. Yeah, exactly. You know, so uh, similar style, younger with, with less, you know, coaching experience, but he's done well where he's been. And, um, you know, so we'll, it's going to be interesting to see. You know, Daniels was extremely hyped, uh, didn't really have a great first season. It was kind of up and down. So is he as good as he's supposed to be? Uh, all the young receivers, I mean, I'm, I'm fascinated to see if Brew McCoy actually plays for them. He was there, then he went to Texas, now he's back to them, but he hasn't been practicing because of some mysterious illness or something. So what a bizarre story he's been this offseason, uh, you know, with, with multiple stops before ever actually being a college student. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, they will be interesting. There's no doubt. And, you know, they're one of those teams that, like, 
I always look forward, especially, you know, I look at the ASU schedule and think, you know, okay, what quarterbacks am I going to see? What coaches, what players? I have no idea what that team's going to look like by November 9th. They could look very similar to how they do now, or it could be a different coach, different starting quarterback, and neither would surprise me. Yeah. So a win for you as well? I do have that as a win, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, again, um, as we get to this point of the year, especially now, I mean, if this team, despite all the negative things we just said, if they're playing well and Daniels looks good and these receivers are, you know, crushing people and, you know, they're running circles around people on offense, you know, might come into that game and think, whoa, this is not anywhere close to what we thought. But right now, I just don't see that happening. Yeah. Then the final road test of the year, September, or I'm sorry, November 16th uh, at Oregon State, as you alluded to before, that has been just a nightmare scenario for a late season trip. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Now we did win there two years ago when they were very bad. Um, And and we, you know, we beat them pretty convincingly. Uh, But yeah, obviously the, the one that will always and forever as an ASU fan stand out is 2014 right after the Notre Dame game when we were you know top 10 in the country and looked like the you know the conference title and maybe a college football playoff berth was was within range and we go up there and get beat by a below average team uh we've lost I mean I remember I think it again was 2006 when we were in college we went up there and just got bludgeoned in a you know bad weather game just absolutely destroyed so it's not been a fun place for us to go, so it's it's a little scary, less scary because they're still not very good, and that is the thing that you know if they were a team that you thought was a six and six, seven and five type of team, that game would terrify me. But I don't think they're that good. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I think this is a win. I, I, me too. I just think that there's a a talent gap between these two teams. Yeah, that exceeds the difference of having to go on the road. You know, but if it is a Corvallis night where it's, you know, 45 (laughs) and sleet, you know. I'm already afraid. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly the kind of thing that I don't (laughs) want. Yeah, yeah, no, I I want that game to be, you know, the, the, you know, noon mountain time kickoff on Pac-12 Network. That worked well for us two years ago. Let's do that again. Yeah. Uh, then the potentially the hardest game on the home slate, the Ducks come to town with potential number one quarterback pick, uh, Justin yeah. Herbert, who I kind of wish it was a bear. I miss guys named a bear. I know. I but, know. Yeah. Yeah. Her, her bear or something like that. Yeah. I know. That would be, yeah. Well, I remember – you know, before he was the starter and, you know, just seeing like seeing his name in print and even thinking, I wonder if it's just pronounced Herbert or, or did he go with the fancy like bear thing? Sadly, he just went with Herbert. Yeah. Um, I think that this might actually be a win for us. I, this is my, this is my going the other way from the loss at Cal. I think we're at home. There's a chance. I think by this point that Oregon's disappointed in their year, not that they've fallen off the deep end, but you know, they, they end obviously with the Beavers. So it's not like they're yeah. going to look past us, but they'll have already played Stanford, Washington and Washington state before True. November 1st. True. And, True. If, and if they get swept in those three games, I'm not sure what they're, they're playing for here. That, well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, at that point, their, their division title hopes would I'm sure be over. Uh, if you've got that, you know, I mean, it's hard to believe that six and three is going to win that division. There's, there's too many good teams there. Uh, so yeah, I think, I think you're right. Um, I, you know, I picked them to win that division. I think you did too, didn't you? Or did I you did, but I just, no, I did. I picked them to okay. win. I, I just, I'm just saying the, if I'm picking the ASU game, I think they can win mm-hmm. the division without, but I see a lot of different paths where Oregon isn't up for this game. I do too, I, and and I do see paths where Oregon disappoints. I picked him to win the division uh, because of Herbert, because of you know the, the great recruiting class. I mean, they got you know the guy who is 
by some sources, was the number one recruit in the country in Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive lineman, linebacker, you know, hybrid type guy. And crystal um, ball mean, can recruit. That's... He can. He can. Now the question is, can he coach? And that is that is exactly. I was going to say, you know, we haven't we haven't really seen can he coach. We've seen he can recruit. Um, you know, and he coached at FIU, I believe, and did did pretty well there. But uh, this is a different level, obviously. Um, so yeah, I can certainly see a path where they finish the season eight and four, and you're thinking, boy, that team was supposed to be much better than that. I think they'll be better than 8-4, um, but I'm with you. I think we win that game. I, I originally had it as a loss, but, I, again, home, home home field, home crowd. I think by that point we're gelling, so I'm taking that as a win as well. And then we end the year rivalry game against the Wildcats. We host them. Uh, we we don't have to, but we certainly can rehash what happened last year. It was yeah, yeah, sure, with, sure. You know, I think we were down by nineteen points in the fourth quarter, right? Something like sound, that. It sounds right. I believe it was something 19. along the lines of forty to twenty one. Yeah, I think it was like we were we were dead buried, and and yeah, they were going to a bowl game, and then I think we came back and won, if I remember right. I mean that sounds familiar. Yeah, uh, did yeah, did did yeah. they like cough up the ball a number of different ways in their I own territory in the fourth yeah, quarter? And then, I, and then I think they had a field goal to still win, and they missed it right at the end. It was uh, I don't know. It's it's all very vague. I don't remember it that well, but I'm pretty sure that happened. Yeah, I, I'm looking at you know what I'm looking at the box score. That is exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Forty-one forty, I believe, was the final. Which yeah, was was. Quite a turnaround for a game we were badly outplayed for most of the first, you know, three and a half quarters. But uh, there you go. Uh, It's a new quarterback. It's a new field. I think it's the same outcome. I think the Devils beat the Wildcats. I think so, too. I think so, too. Yes, yes. So that puts puts you at eight and four, right? Yep, eight and four with a six and three conference season. Okay, and I have... Gone ten and two at eight and one, and I'm saying that out loud, and I feel like, oh my god, what did I just do? But I just went game by game. In all honesty, I really did. Like I tried not to go into it doing this, you know, in my head before we talked because I did. Uh, tried not to go into it saying, okay, I think this team's going to finish eight and four. How do I get to eight and four or nine and three or whatever? Um, I just took it game to game, and having a you know a friendly road schedule. Uh, you know, seven games at home, the road schedule, not that brutal. Uh, that's where I land. Yeah, and for me, the the real difference was I looked at the middle of the season, basically between the bye weeks. Yeah. As being really tough. The toughest part. Yeah. And, yeah. and I have us going one and two there, and I have us losing at Cal. You know, it's, I mean, the it, Cal game is, is possibly a swing game. Uh, you know, because I, I, I think, you know, I think we both agree that barring disaster, we start two and zero. We both had us losing to Michigan State, Colorado, Cal. That I mean, that stretch to start the conference season is a huge swing. I mean, because because you know, I could easily talk myself into seeing us lose both of those, and then all of a sudden you're two and three going into the off week. You got Washington State, then Utah, and things get dicey. Um, so those those are huge. I mean, those are the games that I think will probably swing the way the season's going. And then that stretch at the end, three out of four at home, the one road game, you know, not a very tough opponent at least. That's a that's a point where it's like, okay, you know, you and you had it the same way. You gotta you gotta make some hay there. I mean, that's a pretty nice little stretch. You you start with three or four at home and you end with three or four at home. That's a pretty solid schedule. And you would think part of my process of how I got to what I got to was by the time the Utah game is over, you don't get to call Jaden Daniels true freshman with the, you know, emphasis on an inexperience. There's nothing that he's going to see after that Utah game. True. That that he won't have seen before. And that's why I think they can – you know, rip off five straight to end the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you. The you know, the the last part 
you know, the, the opponents, I mean, Oregon and USC are very talented teams. I think, you know, if you were just looking at pure talent in the conference, those are probably two of the three most talented teams, along with Washington. Uh, you know, as far as future pros, you know, recruiting rankings for whatever those are worth, which a lot of times is nothing. Uh, so those are good teams, but we get them both at home. And, and I, yeah, I do very much see a, a way that neither of those teams is that good by November. And so that plays into my thought, too. Even though I've got Oregon winning the division, I don't make that pick with a whole lot of conviction. Um, you know, that North, to me, is very much a toss-up uh, between four teams. Uh, Stanford's got such a tough schedule that I think that's going to beat them down. Um, but I could see Washington or Washington State winning that division very easily. Look, at this point, there's no reason for you to bother watching the games because it's going to happen one of two ways. And we already know what's happening in the first uh, first four games of the season because we're, you know, aligned on that. That's right. So if you want to check back in. We know what's game, happening in the last five. We've each got us, or last six, I should say. We've each, uh, we've each got us losing to Utah and then whipping off five in a row. Yeah, it's so, the... Uh, it's the Cal-Washington State games that we, we uh, diverged on. Yeah, so really, if you're going to watch something, just wait till September 27th, watch the Cal game. That's right. Give right. yourself a Which couple weeks off. Because it's actually on regular TV. It's a Friday night game, I think, on ESPN or Fox Sports 1. It's ESPN. Uh, it the ESPN? Michigan okay. State game is on Fox. The Cal game is on ESPN. Yes. Every so other game is Pac-12 or TBD. Right, right, yeah. Hopefully we'll have more than two on regular tv i think we will uh but uh yeah yeah it's it's gonna be interesting um uh, did you see the news that they announced the team captains today and it included true freshman ethan long that's amazing i did not it really see is that. amazing who would have guessed i mean that like i know haller wrote about it a few days ago a good story that he wrote about him and well and he was and the again. fact that he was on the leadership council i was like oh that's yeah. kind of neat i know i know i mean and, and I, you know, so I, I saw it today and I wasn't like, because Haller had mentioned it, you know, you kind of think, oh, wow, he got it. And then, then it was one of those where I thought like, you know, an hour later, I'm like, man, who would have guessed that coming out of, you know, March when spring practice was over, that Ethan Long would be absolutely no factor in the starting quarterback race, but be picked as a team captain. I mean, you, you, you would have gotten really long odds on that happening. Yeah. Um, if I can diverge briefly into the nonsense of Pac-12 Network. Yes, sure. I went on their FAQ page. Okay. And just, you know, offering me other things that carry Pac-12 Network <laughs> and telling me explicitly that I cannot acquire it a la carte online right. or through the app. Right. It's like... So basically, everyone's asking this stuff. They're doing nothing to make it available. I know. And I know. they refuse to merge with ESPN. They refuse to merge with Fox. I know. Is it a, is it a Are we all being punked? Is Ashton Kutcher behind this? <laughs> I mean, obviously they think that they have something up their sleeve uh, that nobody else knows and, and that they're going to be – much like Lynn Swan and Clay Helton, that they're going to be the ones with the last laugh. And, you know, everybody is telling them how stupid they are, but boy, a few years from now, are they going to look smart? I don't believe that, but, uh, you know, who knows? Things like that do happen. They're, you know, they're, they're, they happen all the time where it's like, boy, who saw that coming? Uh, but yeah, it's, it's frustrating. I mean, and, and, you know, of course, today is the launch of the ACC network owned and operated by ESPN. And I know it's not on every system, but, you know, it's on DirecTV. They worked out a deal, I think, with Charter on the East Coast. Um, you know, so, I mean, it, it will it will find a, a footing because ESPN's behind it in all likelihood, much like the SEC Network did. Uh, and, yeah, I just don't get it, uh, especially when ESPN was willing to come to the table and, you know, be the distributor. And apparently Larry and the boys said thanks, but no thanks. Yeah. I, I I just downgraded my cable package again, and I still get all of the ESPN channels. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. it's amazing. Like I I cut down on UVerse because I realized like the difference between what I was at and the tier below 
was like Showtime. Yeah, I got you. And I, I, I like Billions. Not too long ago. Yeah, yeah, I like Billions. I like City on a Hill. Neither of them are on, so I downgraded. Yeah, um, I got you. But I'm not, you know, I, I'm not willing to jump for Pac-12 Network anymore because no, me neither. Well, and and because they took it away from me once, I I made a oh, move. That's true. That's true too. You know, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. So the same thing could happen. Uh, uh, I mean, yeah, I I'm not either. Like I, I know. I had it when I had Cox Cable here, um, but I mean, if if the choice is, you know, DirecTV, which gives me NFL Sunday Ticket, not cheaply by no means, but still gives me that option, versus you know Cox Cable, which gives me Pac-12 Network, and everything else is equal, and pretty much it is. I'm going with DirecTV. I'm going to choose to be able to watch you know any NFL game I want for 17 Sundays, versus you know a few. Pac-12 football games, in all honesty, I mean, you know, two or three ASU games, maybe a handful of others, maybe a few basketball games, and and that's really it. I mean, the majority of the other times, I'm not going to watch that channel anyway. Yeah, all, all Larry's doing to me is making it so I fall asleep during the games. Yeah, I know. Listen to it on the radio with uh, with our very impartial radio crew, Tim Healy and Jeff Van Rapphorst. Never committed a penalty... When you're wearing maroon and gold, that's absolutely not. No, no, yeah, they are. Uh, they are very much in line with the Phoenix culture. Doesn't bother me as much because I love ASU, but there is still times I listen to them. And I'm like, dude, you got to stop whining. The, the, the officials can't always be that bad. Yeah, that that to me is the hardest part. Where it's like, it it sounds like the calls are going both ways, but then you right. hear their take, and it's like, well, how in the world is that? Yeah, you know, it can't uh, be. Yeah, it just can't be. Like you know, you you become the boy who cried wolf when you're always you know, oh, the officials are just so bad. Like they're they're not. They're not always that bad. Yes, there have been bad calls that have hurt us in in football and basketball games, and I remember them very well, and they sting. But you know, we've also been the beneficiary of some some calls. I mean, you know, let's let's not forget the Wisconsin game in 2013 when you know we were. We were gifted a game at the end, in all honesty. We won. No apologies. Well, he either but, spiked you know, or kneeled. Right. And he, neither one was called. Yeah. The clock ran out. He definitely you know, like, didn't fumble, despite the fact that Will Sutton right. dove on the ball. <laughs> right, right. So, I mean, it, uh, you know, it, it tends to even out. Uh, and, and, you know, I know everybody is still sour about the two-point conversion last year in Eugene. But one, I still have never seen a picture that conclusively told me he was inbounds. Two, all that would have done was tie the game. And Oregon would have had the ball back with a chance to go down and score, and it maybe goes to OT. doesn't mean we win the game. It was not the last play of the game, and if they call it in, we win. Like, yeah. you know, and sometimes people have a knack for doing that with calls, where it's like, oh, that call cost us a game. No, it didn't. Uh, it, 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 you know, it meant we didn't tie the game at that point, but I think we still even got the ball back later. Yeah. From what I remember... We got it back and did nothing with it. So, like, you know, yeah, it, was, it was a questionable call. Probably should have been reviewed. But did it cost us the game? No. What cost us the game was playing like crap for the first three quarters. If I wanted to pick one game that I would argue a specific call, it would be the San Diego State game and the Darby catch. Yeah, true, um, true. because Because I think he hung on to the ball, and I don't think they reviewed that. They reviewed the they reviewed the helmet to helmet, but I think he actually just hung on we to the ball. the ball at the one yard line. I yeah. agree. There was there was nothing conclusive to show that he did not keep possession of the ball, and they called it a catch initially. And that is always the thing that bothers me about replay, just in general, is we go with this. You know, it's got to be conclusive, but then sometimes they choose to go the other way on that. It seems like, and and there wasn't anything there. I, they, I saw every replay they showed on TV, and yeah, there just wasn't. Uh, it was, you know, could you make an argument that it looks like the ball was bobbled? Sure, but that's not conclusive. That's an argument. Mm-hmm. So I agree. I mean, that one was that one was shaky, and we've had a. I mean, you know, the the one that always sticks in my mind, and I'm going back in the memory bank, is the 2008 Pac-12 tournament when they called the over the bad foul on Jeff Pendergraft against USC, which just enraged me and cost. I mean, literally did cost the game because we were we were going to go ahead. I believe it fouled Pendergraph out, um, and we lost that game and didn't get in the tournament. That's one that we'll, I'll never quite get over. But, you know, as always, like, 
be better for the first 39 minutes, and then that call doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, we'll try to be better. We'll, we'll be That's here right. week in and week out starting next week when we have games yes. to talk about. Yes, I was going to say the next time we, we officially reconvene will be after Sun Devils have started the 2019 season. So that's it. That's your football preview, college and NFL. Yep, yep. yep. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.